Hello, everyone, and welcome to CartCast. This is episode number two. It is a bit of a bonus episode. Uh, we will have another one coming up here uh, in a week or so. Um, we try to get them out on about the first or so of every month, but um, we threw in a bonus here because we had some material left over that we didn't use in the first CartCast, and uh, we wanted to get it out there and thought it would be cool to kind of just throw a bonus show together. And so, uh, first of all, my name is Tom Baker from Steering Wheel Nation and really excited about this show. We are opening with a young man who is a huge rising star um, on the dirt side of things in go-karts and also in big cars. Um, his name is Graydon Hall. His nickname is Hollywood, and it isn't because he's arrogant or flashy. Um, I don't even know. We'll ask him where he got that nickname. And then we are going to hear from another young racer who is uh, coming up the ranks pretty quickly on the sprint cart side of things. And um, he is from the, I guess they would say, Deep South, uh, one of our racing Cajuns, and that is Derek Wargo Jr. But we start with uh, Graydon Hall. Graydon, first of all, welcome to the program. It's great to have you with us. Um, tell us how old you are and where you're from. Well, Tom... <clears throat> I'm 16 years old, and I'm from a small town in Tennessee named Yuma. Okay, and that's outside of where, Jackson? Yes, sir. It's right in the middle of um, Memphis and Nashville. It's about two and a half hours each way. Okay. That's right. Yeah, okay. So um, now you um, – I, I feel like I've been watching you your entire life. The problem is that isn't true because you've only been racing for three years, but you guys on dirt, you run like six classes a day at some of these bigger shows. And so I feel like you've had about 10 years of racing in about three years. Man, I tell you what, it feels like 10 years. And like everywhere we go, it's always, I think the lowest classes I've ran in go-karts is like three classes a day. And we even went to the King of Kings not too long ago, and I ran 12 classes overall all weekend. Yeah. Um, you ran, I believe, um, was it, how many, what was it, like nine the first day? And I think you won six fast times and three of the features. Does that sound right? Yes, sir. That's incredible. Um, okay, so you've only been racing since you were like 13 or so. What, how did what got you started? Cause your, your family are farmers, right? How does, a, how does that happen? Well, my step granddad, he lives about 10 minutes up the road or so. And him and his whole family, they always dirt car raced. And I went up there with them a couple of times, watched them. And I always had a love for it, but we didn't hardly know anything about any go-karts or nothing like that. Didn't know how to really get started. And I was also at the time playing baseball and that, you know, travel and stuff like that. I took up a lot of my time. And then my granddad mentioned something to my dad one day about go-kart racing. And then a couple of weeks later, we had one. Wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So it just kind of came up out of the blue then and you decided to jump at the opportunity, right? 
Yes, sir. And as soon as I heard about going racing, and then after I realized how much I really loved it, after that, it was it. Baseball and everything was over. <laughs> well, wait a minute, though, but aren't you still playing baseball? I play a little high school baseball just to keep myself in shape. Okay. All right. Because I didn't think you'd given it up altogether. Um, but uh, you were, what were you, uh, you were a cat, you're a catcher, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you're going to have bad knees later. Trust me. I live that uh, every day. Um, but uh, it's a lot of fun. So um, you have quickly made a name for yourself and you've I mean you've been winning I feel like you've been winning ever since I started watching you um and I know I mean some of that is your own talent obviously and your own ability to learn how to do it but you've also worked with some really good uh teams talk a little bit about your career to date so far Oh, man. Let's see. I think it was my sixth race or so, and somehow I ended up getting hooked up with Jonathan Wheeler and Rick Nine, all them from the 55 Cartel. Yeah. And me and Wheeler just had a connection right off the bat, and I'm going to be 100% honest with you. If it wasn't for Jonathan Wheeler and everybody from the 55 Cartel, I would not know half of what I know today. Really? Well, and see that it takes that sort of a mentor situation, doesn't it? Because... Again, it, it isn't like, you know, everybody in your family raced. So, you know, to have somebody like Jonathan, I mean, that whole team, um, they're a bunch of great guys, first of all, uh, but they do their homework and they come to the track ready to rock. What are what are some of the things that you, if, if you think about it, that Jonathan and, and those guys have taught you about successfully racing a cart? Just on-track experiences, like if the go-kart does this, 90% of the time it means this, and really how to take care of business off the racetrack, you know, don't just be a douchebag to everybody, don't be arrogant, <laughs> and shop in the during the week, how to prepare for everything, tires, what you need to do, how to get everything cleaned up the way it needs to be, scaling out and all that. I mean, they taught us everything almost. That's great. So they really kind of gave you your foundation. Um, now I want to know where you got the nickname Hollywood. Where did that come from? I really don't know. Charlie started saying it. I guess it was because almost every time we hit the racetrack, our stuff looks good. (laughs) So this would be, for those of you who don't know, this would be charging Charlie Mefford, whose nickname came from me. Um, and if if you've not heard about Charging Charlie or you don't recognize the name, if you if you watch a lot of dirt racing, you know who Charlie is. Charlie is the driver who is famous for the saying that will go down in dirt modified racing history. You can't park there after he flipped the car, rolled it over at uh, it wasn't a flip, really at um where the heck was that now i've lost track it was at the dome wasn't it yes sir yeah um back in uh back back over the winter and uh he just won a, a little gator in florida and tell you what couldn't have been more proud of him and uh one of these days we'll get old charging charlie on one of these cart casts because he's he's uh accomplished a lot in carts as well in fact the two of you just went racing this weekend um 
did he break anything? I don't reckon he did this time. I don't know how I got away with that one. But I think he come <laughs> home with two good bodies and two good seats. So I reckon it's a pretty successful weekend. Yeah, that's that yeah. If you're if you're running Charlie, yeah, that's definitely uh, um, we're just teasing Charlie. I only pick on people I like. Um, okay. By the way, um, for for those of you going, what in the world happened to your voice? Uh, I promise it wasn't my fault. I woke up on Saturday and it was on vacation somewhere, and I mean. I couldn't get a word out. Literally, this is the best it's been. It's two days later. This is the best it's been in four days or three days. Um, and this is uh, as much as we got. So we're going to do the best we can here. And I apologize for that, but I wanted to get this uh, show out. Okay, so um, Graydon, talk a little bit about some of the highlights of your career so far. Because, I mean, you've won a lot of big events. Well, I reckon my first ever big race win was my first year back in 2019 at georgia carding complex okay it was uh, thanksgiving thunder and yep. it was the big dog oh wow and we was real fast and then driver error of course and i fell back to ninth and came back and won it and actually that race right there is what got me and charlie hooked up oh okay interesting how did and then how did that come some, about how did that come about you were you said it was that race that got the two of you hooked up how did that come about was that are you saying that that's the first time you actually met charlie no sir he was watching it on pay-per-view and uh, well where we went this weekend actually oh and i walked in there and you know charlie being his loud self he just yelled (laughs) big dog because that's what the name of the race was and after that it was just a click i think like two months later he ended up going to panama city beach with me okay Interesting. So you became friends after that. Um, and you do your best to keep him out of trouble, which is a big job. Um, but, uh, okay. So talk about, I mean, you've run Batesville, you've run, like you mentioned, the King of Kings, those are indoor dirt races, both of them. What's, what is different for those who haven't run an indoor dirt race, describe the differences in approach and you know, the way that those races go and the way you have to drive them versus running outdoors. Cause it's, it's similar, but really not similar at the same time. isn't it. Well, you go to these outdoors events and big places like Daytona, Possum Kingdom, even Blacksburg, South Carolina, where big O, big O is hosted. It's all about drafting, waiting on it i mean you gotta time it perfectly running second like nascar you see them drafting and taking their time and then it comes to indoor racing and then you can't can't waste no time at all you have to make quick passes yeah you really do and you know as much as we would like for it to be a non-contact sport it really isn't is it (laughs) Oh no, sir! It's either killed or get killed at an indoor racing. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's about it. Now you've also um, you've had a chance to uh, move up to the big cars over the last couple of years, and you've been to Victory Lane in in the street stock too. Talk about is that a family car? Yes, sir. My granddad owns some of it. And my dad owns some of it. And last year was my first full year in a big car. And I think we pieced together about six wins overall. Wow. Incredible. That's great for your first year. And it wasn't all at the same track, was it, or was it? 
No, sir. That's we travel a little bit to Mississippi and Missouri and, of course, Tennessee, you know, right here at home. Sure. Yeah. So um, do you enjoy driving the street stock more than the go-kart? I do. I definitely do. But when the winter comes back around, I'm ready to get back behind the wheel of a go-kart. Yeah. And, I mean, it's they're two different things, right? It's almost like an apple and an orange. Yeah, it's a bigger car and a big track, but it's not quite as quick steering and, you know, the the racing isn't quite the same between the two so i would imagine they're they're both thrilling in different ways um now talk about your current situation in karting because you're not running for the 55 cartel anymore um tell us about this last kind of most recent part of your career here who are you driving for? What is, you know, what are you riding? What is your motor? All that. Talk a little bit about all that. Well, right now, with my situation with the car and stuff, we just decided that racing with the 55 Cartel, not being able to race every weekend like we need to for go-karts, we just move on and figure out as we go. And my motor builder, Dan Socks, we got a hold to him. And we got talking, and I ended up going to ride with him a couple of times. Okay. Like stuff like Daytona, big races. And then around here, Batesville, King of Kings, it's just been me and Dad and a bunch of people, crew of pitting or helping change oil, take tires off, you know. Running nine classes in one day ain't easy on the crew. No. No, that's a, that, and that's the part that I think – you know, a lot of people don't really understand about karting and especially dirt karting. You don't see that sort of thing like, you know, on your on the road courses and whatever. You don't see people running all those classes. Um, in fact, um, in sprint karting, there's usually not more than nine or ten classes, period. Um, somewhere in that general area, sometimes you get to 12 or 13. But, you know, in dirt racing, um, I mean, Batesville had 22 classes a day, I think. And um, King of Kings, I think we had 21 the first day. And then, of course, they have all the big classes the second day. Um, and it it goes down to like eight or nine, whatever it was. But um, that's a lot of back and forth, a lot of tire washing and all of that stuff. Um, how do you keep, how do you divide the go-karts? How do you kind of decide you know, what carts and what classes and how many, if you're running nine classes, how many carts do you use to do that? At the King of Kings, we had three different go-karts, which one of, all three of them had different motors. Like you got the clone and the predator, and then you had the small block open. Okay. Really? We just said, this is what's going to go where. We didn't know what any of them go-karts were going to do on the Okay. Like the Predator go kart, I ain't never ran it on Predator. And then my clone go kart, that was the first time me ever running a Premier Racing chassis. Oh wow! But in the open, we did know what it'd do because it was a Charger, and that's what I've been recent with. Charger chassis, more yep. comfortable with because that's what I rode when I rode with Wheeler and them at the Fifty Five Cartel. Okay, all right. So, but the new cart got better as it went, right? I mean, that was kind of an experimental deal for you there, but I feel like you made some progress over the weekend with it. Well, yes, sir, and we definitely did the next weekend at Liberty Indoors where we went over a little, a little over 1,500 with that go-kart. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, you did, you definitely got better. It just takes time when you're on something different. you got to kind of figure out. It's it's like any other race car, right? you got to listen to it and figure out what it wants and, and then uh, and then apply. So um, you've had a, a, a really 
good career in karting as short as it's been you've you've accomplished a lot um is there anything that you haven't won um in karting that you'd like to win um and is there a point where you just sort of get completely out of karting and focus on big cars what's what's kind of the future for you Graydon? well one race i two years ago in 2020 i believe i came very close to winning the junior race at daytona and then a caution came out and then had other plans after that and honestly i don't foresee us getting out of carton completely anytime soon it's just something to do in the winter and of course with my little sister coming up i just don't see us getting out of carton okay that was i'm glad you reminded me of that because um for 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 our listeners here th- this this is um so at the king of kings challenge king of kings shootout which is the indoor race that took place last month in martin tennessee um, we'll have uh, the next steering wheel nation magazine. We'll have a feature on it um, there. They introduced um, a new it's not it is it is kind of a cart, but it's not really a cart. Um, uh, gosh, what is what is what do they call those things again? I forgot. Do you remember a juice box juice box? That's what it was. And, and these things, if you're listening to this show, go look up juice box and it's made by the same people that it's radio flyer is who makes them if you remember the little red wagons we all used to have when we were kids same company and these things are called juice boxes and Graydon's little sister um they were kind of our warm-up act at the end of pre-race we would um line them up there were i don't know 10 or 12 of them i think or whatever and um and these were all like little four and five year olds and your little sister was was one of them and she she ended up winning on on the first day this little juice box race around the track it was absolutely hilarious to watch and I thought all those kids did a really nice job just kind of making the circle and you know knowing what to do um it is this is she really into this do you think she follows in your footsteps. I think she will be. I think she'll want to race when she gets old enough to get an actual go-kart. We actually just got a hot pink juice box in last week for the race. <laughs> now, where, where else do they race those things um, besides? Because I don't, I mean, I had never seen one before. I had no idea what they were. I just know that that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen, all those little kids having a good time and um, and, and seeing, you know, the reaction um, I mean, you were kind of cheering her on and whatever. It was just fun. The parents were having a good time. Um, where else did they race those things? Well, when we went down to Daytona, they raced them there. And oh, I'll they get did? On Facebook or something, and I'll see photographers. I think they race them everywhere now. That's interesting. Everywhere normal go-karts go, I think they go too. No kidding. Okay, I didn't know that. So I, I did hear that they were originally the first one was built in Florida somewhere. So, um I just think that's cool as heck. And, and, uh, so yeah, if y'all, uh, you know, Google knows everything, just ask it, uh, just look up, um, radio flyer juice box and, uh, you can see what it is. It, it really, uh, it was just a ton of fun. I, I forgot all about that. She's only like five, right? Yes, sir. She'll be turning six here March 31st. So at what point, 
Um, I mean, she would be able to get into like a real kid cart, right? Uh, or do I'm you have to sure be seven? On red plate. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking that it was either six or seven. So, um, you know, it won't be too long anyway, but that's pretty cool. So, yeah, you can hang on to the carts. Now, what's your, I mean, you're racing a street stock now, and I know a lot of that is just, you know, financial, but, um, you know, what if, if, if you could go somewhere with your racing, um, where would you like to race or what would you like to race? If you could kind of have a career or whatever, where would you like to go with it? I believe I'd like to go to Lucas Oil and race the late dirt, late model dirt series. Good for you. That's awesome. Well, that's, that's exactly, uh, I, I love that, that, you know, I get so often NASCAR and it's, I love NASCAR, but it's nice to hear somebody say, I want to stay on the dirt. Cause we need, we need uh, young drivers to hang around so they can uh, become veterans and build a fan base and everybody can cheer for them. So um, I think you got a shot at it, man. You're awfully good. Um, if somebody wants to uh, check you out on social media, where uh, where can they follow you? They can go on Facebook and go to Graydon Hall Motorsports, and we're working on getting a website up. Okay, good. That is uh, G-R-A-Y-D-O-N, by the way, for those of you wondering how to spell it, Graydon Hall Motorsports. Um, so that's awesome. Well, it's uh, it's been fun to, to talk with you, and uh, I guess I'll get you out of here on this. Talk a little bit about the family farm, because uh, I think that's cool. I love farmers. Well, I'm not for sure what year it originated, but I know my great-granddad did it, and now my granddad's doing it. Dad's working there, and we actually live on the farm now. We just moved not too long ago. Oh wow! And we live on about a sixty-acre farm with a shop right beside us. Oh man, I gotta come and check that out. Um, I love big farms, and um, I drink enough milk to keep dairy farmers in business. Um, so there's there's that. But uh, hopefully, we'll get to come and check that out sometime. And and uh, appreciate you taking some time to talk to us here on Cartcast and. I'm sure we'll be getting you back on at some point down the road because I'm sure there'll be other big races that you're going to win. So uh, uh, appreciate it, Graydon. That is Graydon Hall, and we will be back with uh, another young driver who is on the rise. Derek Wargo Jr. will join us next, and you will hear that my voice suddenly got better. It's because I recorded that before um, and uh, wanted to get this show out a week earlier, but then... I said my voice decided to take off on vacation. So uh, we'll be back with Derek and Keith Champagne going to be coming up as well. Back in a moment. Keith Champagne from cartlounge.com is our next guest here on CartCast. And uh, Keith, you were down in Jacksonville, Florida for uh, the WK's Gold Cup race weekend there and we'll start with that and then we'll preview this coming weekend ckna event uh that's uh going to be happening here in charlotte but let's start with gold cup um turnout definitely down from last fall um talk about uh, how things went there uh yeah the turnout was a little disappointing uh they had about a dozen in the seniors uh that five or six juniors, about five or six cadets, uh, about 10 or 12 masters and only about five or six legends. So it was a, it was a pretty disappointing turnout. Uh, the racing was still good. I mean, you only need two or three carts out there to put on a good race. And most of the races, especially being at Jacksonville were good, 
good solid races, uh, a lot of close racing, uh, a lot of clean racing too, especially in the seniors. They all gave each other a lot of respect and there were very few incidents throughout the weekend. Colin Warren dominated the weekend um, in the senior. Elmer Edmondson and Owen Lloyd were kind of P2 and P3 in different orders for nice. most of the weekend. Uh, Ryan Joyner, who's a dirt racer, who I'm not really yeah. familiar with, but he ran with the Scott Heath group with uh, Roll Speed Performance, and he was really impressive. Oh, wow. On that Skull Dragger chassis that they're trying to develop. So that was pretty cool to watch as well. Good for him. Yeah, Ryan's a really, really good dirt racer, and that's interesting to, to hear that he was there and did as well as he did. Um, nice to see him trying out the uh, the sprint karting. I don't know how much of that he's done in the past. Um, so um, what other notes, news and notes from Jacksonville should we know about? Um, just, you know, they're kind of evaluating everything, WKA, um, there's talk of maybe moving some some races around um, on the schedule. I'm not exactly sure really what they're going to do there. I mean they um, they're just they're just trying to work that that series out and trying to get a following. I mean they had a good turnout in November. Yeah, uh, this turnout was disappointing at Jacksonville. I mean there's been a lot of racing at Jacksonville, which we kind of talked about on on our last uh, segment on yeah. this on your podcast and. It, and I think that's kind of was kind of part of the problem. It's just there's been several national level or, or touring series races at Jacksonville over the last few months, including WK races. And it's, you know, it's a great track. Everybody likes going there, but I think we need some more different options, some different options. I mean, we saw cup carts go to the Biloxi uh, track, the finish line carting facility yeah. down in Biloxi, Mississippi, a couple weeks before that. And then obviously, you know, there was GoPro this past weekend with their opener, and then we have Charlotte this weekend. So there's – February was a jam-packed month in, the, in this first weekend of March here as well. So it's it, – there's been a lot of racing, and it just, in hindsight, probably wasn't the greatest time of year to, to have the, the race at Jacksonville. So they're just – they're learning as they go in this – trying to get this Gold Cup series – uh, revamped and get a following with it. It definitely has some good potential. I mean, the, I thought the officiating was really good at Jacksonville. I thought the program ran really well. It was good. smooth. I don't think a lot of people, you know, whether they had a good weekend or not, I don't think too many people left there, you know, upset by any means. I think everybody thought it was a pretty well-run race. It just we needed more cards there. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I mean, you you, you know, you, you want to the, – the goal, obviously, is to make your championship – um, valuable enough where nobody wants to miss a race and be out of the points right away. Um, but, um, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting and I'm glad to hear the show went off well, cause obviously there were a lot of issues in November and, um, glad to, to hear that that part at least was, was better. So, um, okay. So the next event, uh, that we want to talk about is CKNA, uh, cup carts, North America coming here to Charlotte actually this weekend, and I was honestly shocked um, to see the the entry numbers here because, um, boy, this is this is crazy to me, honestly. And it's the kind of numbers that I think make a lot of people sit up and take notice. Uh, we're looking at over three hundred and sixty entries, right, so far. Yes, I as of midday of tuesday they had about i think it was 357 so okay. i'd imagine they okay. got pushed over 360 by the end of 
pre-registration on Tuesday night. So either way, it'll be with some walk-ups, it'll be close to 400 entries. And that, that rivals their, the cup carts is grands at the end of the yeah. year, Castle, which is the biggest race of the year for four cycle. So this is easily going to be the second biggest and probably has a chance to be almost as big as, big as the grands, which is really impressive. It's, it is impressive. And, you know, again, it's almost like, you know, we're, we're seeing two opposite, um, series going in opposite directions here because CKNA seems to be just booming right now. And of course, WK granted, uh, they just brought Gold Cup back last year. So it's a smaller data sample, but, um, you know, I, I, it does seem like they've got a lot of work to do to be able to, um, you know, I, I think, you know, you kind of look at what CKNA is doing and, you know, let's try to do more of that. Uh, and, uh, you know, whatever whatever it is that everybody's liking about CKNA, they're showing up to the shows um, and they're traveling some fair distances to do it. So this is a I know this is one of their biggies, right? It's their spring nationals, but it's also this is also part of the new Northeast series that CKNA has established, correct? Yes, it's the season opening points race for the Northeast okay. series. So yeah, I, I think that's a really good idea. I've had a couple people not like disagree with me on that but i i think it was a genius idea to open the northeast series with this race as a points race i'm not exactly sure what the format is how many drops there are i was talking about that with somebody yesterday but um i don't know if it's going to be like best five of seven because you have to remember this is at this major race at charlotte there's only one final right at most of the other ckna races there's a final each day so right there's two finals in the weekend so it, as long as the Northeast series goes with that format for the remainder of the races with two finals each weekend, that would, that would bring it to seven finals on the season. So I'm not sure if they're going to do like a best five out of seven or how that's going to work. But I mean, if you finish top 20, even this weekend in most of these classes, that's a good enough weekend to where you're going to look at that next Northeast race. If you have any interest in the series at all, and make the possibly make the trip up to Oakland Valley, even maybe if you weren't planning on doing it uh, to begin with. So I think it was a really good idea. I agree. And the more and more I'm talking to other people, I think that Oakland Valley race, I said on your last show that I didn't think it would be the best attended race. I might be taking that back because I've heard a lot of people planning on going up to that race uh, after seeing how things go this weekend at Charlotte. It's interesting for sure. I, I just, um, it, it, again, I've, I've had a relatively small data sample of sprint races to, to talk about or go by, but the one CKNA race, which was this race last year that, um, that I attended, I mean, it, it just, it went off without a hitch. Everything was on time. Um, you know, it seemed like it was well run. Um, the officials were good communication with each other. Um, you know, it's, it's the way that it should be. And it seemed like the racers were really enjoying themselves and that's what you got to do. And something is, is working out well for them because again, you know, this is, um, this is insane to have almost 400 entries at this event. And then thinking about the Northeast series in Oakland Valley, you get so many of these guys that are traveling distances to go to these races. There is a lot more value being assigned by the racers. It seems like to see KNA this year than even last year. So, um, at least so far, so we'll, well see how it goes. People like, I mean, people like to race against big crowds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they like to go to the track and not just have five or eight people in their class. They yep. like 
going to these events where there's 30, 40, 50 carts in a class. And in this case, there's 60 and 70 in some of these classes. Yep. And it just, it makes it an event. Uh, the, you know, the event, part of what we do is at cart lounge is cover the event. Right. Uh, you're going to be there helping me, Tom yep. and, and steering wheel nation. And it gets some good coverage on, on the Facebook and Instagrams and all that. And people like to be a part of it. And it's, it's turned into in just three short years here. It's turned into be a, a kind of a can't miss race on most of sprint yes. racers calendars, whether you're up in the Northeast or the Midwest or the, the South or Texas. I mean, a lot of Canada, there's a lot of Canadians on the entry list. And I'm sure a lot of those people will be coming to Oakland Valley and trying to travel the Northeast series. Uh, and this isn't new really for Charlotte it, for a four cycle because WK back, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I yep. mean, they used to have some really big gold cup sure shows. Did at the same racetrack and it's like there was a five to eight year hiatus and now ckna has just been able to step in and do what wka was kind of built on you know a couple of decades ago yeah. is having these really big national races at tracks like charlotte and um the ball was dropped for a while and it's like ckna just came in and scooped it up and they've yep. got something really good going that absolutely and they give out a lot of awards they stay on a schedule it's never going to be perfect i mean there's always going to be well, of course not. problems right you know whether it's a bad start or a bad call or somebody doesn't get parked in the right parking spot or you know there's always right. going to be issues especially when you have these big big crowds but overall they do it seems to me and i've only been to a handful of ckna races to to date i'm going to go to a lot more this year but it seems to me like most of the time they do a really good job. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's the key. And, and you just, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. WK walked away and then uh, CKNA filled the void. And now WKA, um, they're not going to be able to ride on the WK name from 20 years ago anymore. Um, I think they've really got to, they've got to do some, some homework here as to, you know, how to, Number one, um, make sure that they take care of the racers and that they appreciate the racers. And number two, put the right leadership and the right people in the right situations together um, so that when you go to these shows, um, you know, again, the prestige needs to, 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 be, to be there. And CKNA has found that formula, whatever, you know, whatever. Um, I think it's probably a lot of little things that all add up. And, um, yes. you know, I think that's really where CKNA is, is shining. And, um, you know, entry lists don't lie. I mean, you know, you, you can't say you can say to a degree, well, there's been a lot of races at Jacksonville. But, you know, if, if people are excited enough about what you're doing or your series, they're going to make it happen. And so it'll be interesting to see where this all goes, because I feel like CKNA establishing the Northeast series was a pretty bold move, honestly, because they've expanded really quickly. And so that was, you know, that took some confidence to, to think that they can go up there and, and do those shows and get good turnouts. And, um, you know, we'll have to see where it goes, but, um, looking forward to this weekend, of course, it should be a lot of fun and, uh, you know, hoping for a great year of karting all the way around. Uh, and what do we need to know real quick, uh, Keith about this weekend, as far as, you know, dates and times and, and whatever, what's, what's going on. So if any racers are listening, uh, they can come and take advantage. 
Uh, five rounds of practice on Friday. Uh, Thursday's a parking day, of course. And practice on Friday, there's no racing of any kind. And then Saturday's your qualifying day, so they'll have a round of practice in the morning, move right into qualifying, and then run two rounds of heat races. Uh, the senior lights and mediums and the juniors at this point are split up, are going to be split up into like A and or odd and even groups okay. based off of qualifying. So they'll split the fields there in the heat races and in those few divisions that they have a lot of carts in. And then they'll come back Sunday morning um, and they'll run a round of practice for la- for anybody that's in the LCQs, which again would be for junior and a couple of the senior classes. They'll have a practice round for those drivers. They'll run three, three to four LCQs, depending on walk-up entries that they get, I'd imagine. And after the LCQs, that'll determine the starting fields um, for the features. And okay. Honestly, I'm not sure how many they start in the features. It's probably either 40 to or 44 or something like that. Um, so in some of these classes, there's going to be about 30 people that aren't going to make the field. Wow. And, it's incredible. Uh, and which, that, if that doesn't say this is a really big event, I don't know what does. Yeah. And then... But anyway, they'll run a, a round of practice for all the qualified drivers later Sunday morning, and then they'll move right into finals. They start finals right around, I think it's 1130-ish on Sunday. There's only nine classes, including the kid carts, and they'll they'll move through the finals. I believe they're 16 laps in length, and they'll be done by about 2.30. And uh, the podiums are at 3.15, and, and everybody should be pretty well out of there by about 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. That'll be it. So nope. be, um you know, quick weekend, but, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of track time still and a lot of, um, really close finishes. I'm sure hopefully it goes smooth for everybody. And we have some, some, something to talk about on Sunday night and Monday. For sure. And for those wondering, uh, the weather looks really good here in Charlotte and it's improving even for Friday. There was a little question mark about that, but it's improving. So, uh, we should be, should be pretty much, uh, off, off to a beautiful weekend for that. And, uh, look forward to seeing you, out there, Keith, and uh, thanks for taking some time once again on the CartCast, CartLounge.com. That is Keith Champagne. We'll be right back. If you're getting into karting or in the market for the next big thing in a chassis, check out the all-new Skull Dragger from Roll Speed Performance. Veteran racer Scott Heath has designed a chassis for four-cycle sprint and road race competition that has already gotten wins across the country, including his debut at Daytona on the Rolex track. Skull Draggers have been to Victory Lane in Pittsburgh, Summit Point, Roebling Road, and Mid-Ohio as well. The RSP Skull Dragger features a ton of adjustments, from caster and camber to axle changes and wheelbase. This responsive new design is manufactured at Phantom Racing Chassis in China Grove, North Carolina, but the design is all about roll speed. Check out www.roll-speed.com. Dot com that's roll hyphen speed.com and get yourself on one badass bad fast skull dragger chassis today derek wargo out of uh deep south uh, derek uh racing in texas and uh but really has been running across uh the country and moved up to the junior division last year kind of late in the year and his first junior event was actually the wk gold cup race at jacksonville in november so derek welcome to the program um tell us where you're from and how old you are uh thanks for having me first of all um i'm from metairie louisiana 
and I'm 13 years old. Yeah, so I was trying to think um, how to sort of talk about the area of the country that Louisiana is in, um, and I guess it would be the Deep South. Um, you are one of the racing Cajuns that comes out of Louisiana and does a great job. Um, so talk a little bit, first of all, about moving to the junior division because you did so fairly late in the year last year. Um, and I think that you, um, you went to, was Barnesville your first race or was it Jacksonville? I can't remember. Uh, Jacksonville was my first. That's race. what I thought. Okay. I didn't think you were at Barnesville. So Jacksonville was your first race and you actually were running up front basically, uh, uh, most of the weekend there. What was it like to, to move up to junior and then, uh, take on a, a field as, as, full of really talented racers as there was in the junior class at the WKA event. It was actually really fun and I was really excited to do it. And I went and competed with these drivers and had a good time. We all drove pretty well with each other and we had some nice battles. Yeah, it was, it, you were definitely fun to watch. And then again at Daytona, what's it like to, to be uh, running anything at Daytona as a driver? That's one thing I've not experienced. Driving at Daytona feels like a dream when you're a kart driver because everyone has dreamed of going to Daytona as a kart driver and to just be there is just crazy. Yeah, you've run there a few times, uh, but this was your first junior race. Um, I'm curious if while you're on the sprint track, is is there a moment? Because from where I was sitting, um, I could watch what was going on in your events, but also watch uh, the part of the, the big track that I could see. And you, and you saw the, the road race cars on the banking. Um, while you're racing, do you do you actually have a moment or have any time to sort of glance up? And and just say to yourself, wow, there's actually car- carts running on the big track while I'm while I'm doing my thing. I mean, did, did do you have any time while you're racing or are you so focused on what you're doing that you just pay no attention? Usually in practice, I would look up a couple times, like at the beginning of the weekend. But okay. towards the end with all the racing, I'm more focused. Yeah, I, I would think. But um, but it's just crazy. It was really cool for me to be able to. Uh, to be a part of that and to see that the 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 carts were that you had carts in the big track and of course you know the gold cup or the the it wasn't a gold cup race but the sprint uh, carts were doing their thing um and then to know that the uh the dirt track carts were also on the grounds doing their thing it was a pretty cool event so that's fun um so since this year has started um you've been to jacksonville once and didn't have a whole lot of success there. You were fast, but unfortunately had some bad luck. And, and um, you know, you, you, you then went to, you had a chance to, to run uh, just here recently and ended up picking up a win. Talk, talk, about, talk about that uh, and talk about where that was and, and uh, talk about how the weekend went because you kind of um, had to make a comeback after some adversity. So the day one started off um, pretty rough, honestly. Like in heat one, we got taken out in the first corner and dropped back to 10th. And we didn't pick up any positions there. And then we went into the final and drove from 10th to 2nd. 
Wow. And was actually battling for the lead. Wow. Okay. And then day two, we started pretty well. Um, I qualified third, finished the heat in P4, and then drove to a win in the final. Well, congratulations on that. And, and where were you racing? I was racing at Finish Line Performance Karting in Biloxi, Mississippi. That's awesome. And and uh, I know that uh, karting there um, starting to make a comeback, which is great. And uh, that's not uh, too terribly far from where you where you live. So it's um, almost like a home race in a way for you. Um, so if you got your first win of the year, what's uh, what's the schedule going forward? So this year we're mainly focusing on four stroke and um, we're going to try to do as many cup carts races, okay, so uh, TSRS, okay. and maybe some uh, WKA too. Okay, so cup carts and uh, what, the Texas series, right? And then um, yeah. you know, maybe some of the WKA events as well. I think, uh, I think your dad said that uh, you were planning on coming to, to Charlotte not too long from now uh, for what, the CKNA race, I think, in March, right? Yep. So that should be fun. That's their spring nationals um, and also a Northeast series points race um, for them. So that's a, it's a big event and um, it should be, should be well attended. You should have a bunch of carts in your class again. Um, I think you ran there last year, right? What was uh, your impression of running at Charlotte? Charlotte was just kind of like Daytona. Like you also dream of going to like a lot of NASCAR tracks and, Boom, there you are. You're in Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is then, interesting, right? Um, kind of yeah. to, to be able to to be inside the big track and, and even though you're running on, obviously, a sprint course, right? Yeah. So what is your, your goal racing-wise? Um, have you thought about kind of where you'd like to go with all this? I mean, obviously, you're still young and still – Still in the go karts. Um, have you have you thought about where you'd like to take this as far as you know racing in you know maybe open wheel or NASCAR or what what sports cars? What it, what is kind of your goal for all of this? My goal, honestly, is to try and do open wheel or like I would I guess like GTS and that kind of racing, like the cars. Okay. Like so that. sports cars, basically, yeah. what you're saying. Okay, interesting. So, um, you know, that's uh, certainly a path that a lot of other carters have followed. So uh, it would be an interesting path, I'm sure. Um, what do you like to do when you're not racing? Race on my simulator at home. <laughs> typical, typical racer. Uh, when you're not racing in the seat, you're racing on the sim, right? That's kind of the um, now what what do you do how do you use the sim or what what types of things do you do with the sim i'm always fascinated by whether or not somebody's just kind of using it for single car practice or whether you're racing um in some higher division i mean what it, what is your uh, how do you use the sim for training usually i race with some of the kids that i race with like in real life okay and we usually drive like f4 cars oh we nice do f1 
and then we do the sports cars. Oh, there you go. So uh, training for the future, potentially, uh, is kind of what you're doing. So um, that's awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing you around the tracks this year. What, um, uh, I know that you can't do all this by yourself, so who helps you make it happen, Derek? Um, so the people that made it happen was Noopy Americas, um, Nyron, and Sosha's Roofing. Okay. And where can people follow you on social media? At Derek Wargo Racing underscore. Okay. Derek Wargo. Instagram and Facebook. All right. Instagram and Facebook. I was going to ask you which platforms. Derek Wargo Racing. Is it Derek Wargo Racing with an underscore at the end? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing how you progress throughout the year, Derek. And uh, congratulations on the big win in Biloxi. Uh, and and uh, down in the Delta, I guess, is more properly what we should call that area. And we look forward to uh, seeing what you can do as the year goes on. Thanks for being on CarCast. Thank you for having me. That is Derek Wargo, and that will wrap things up for this first edition of CarCast. And we uh, certainly look forward to more. The next edition will be out in early March, we're going to try to shoot for the 10th of each month as the, um, the, the date that we'll publish online each edition of the CartCast. And we're going to cover uh, not only four-cycle sprint and road race, but of course also dirt track karting as well and some two-cycle as we can get the content and have the people to do it. We are open to all of karting. We want to promote the sport of karting and we look forward to uh, having you join us each month Feel free to share the show, and uh, if you want to uh, respond in any way, you can email me at tom at steeringwheelnation.com, and uh, feel free to to also use the comments. Hopefully, uh, everybody will enjoy the show, and we're going to uh, look forward to coming at you each month with more new content and news, views, and interviews from all forms of karting. Until next month, I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk again soon. So long.